Welcome to Unpopular Black Thoughts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Unpopular Black Thoughts. I'm your host, Kyle Alexander. I'm here with my co-host, Jay and Caravaggio. Jalen, how are you doing? Great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. So, um, like we said last week, we're, this is the Juneteenth special. So, we're just going to give a little history on the actual date of Juneteenth. Talk about some, you know, facts about famous black people that you don't typically learn in school. And also just some different inventions that came from black people that you may not know. So, without further ado, we're just going to hop right into it. Uh, three behind Juneteenth was the, uh, the Emancipation Proclamation was a proclamation signed by Abraham Lincoln to free the slaves in the country on September 22nd, 1862, and was put into effect on January 1st, 1863. But there were still slaves in Texas as, for about two years. So slaves were freed for two years, but didn't know it. So that was until it was in a town called Galveston, Texas. And um, they, so all the slaves were still there for two more years until Union General Gordon Granger read the federal orders and freed the remaining slaves on June 1965. So the day isn't about the Emancipation Proclamation, but it commemorates the last, uh, the last of the slaves that were freed. So, yeah, that was a little history on the date. So now we're just going to hop into some facts that we don't typically learn in school. So, Jalen, you want to start off first? That's right. Um, something that a lot of people might not know some so some of the history that can uh that can go with this we can talk about the we can go in a lot of different directions but let's start off with um the emancipation flag or right. or what we know now as the juneteenth flag red mm-hmm. white and red white and blue and i believe it's a leaf i'm not i'm not exactly sure but i know it's it looks more like a star actually I yeah forgot. It, it it looks more like a star, my bad, but it re- represents the 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 quote unquote freedom that the that the slaves ended up having right after uh, that ha- actually happened, and um, I know that a lot of people wouldn't necessarily know about this, but uh, I'll, well, I mean, like you said, a lot of people the slaves didn't know and. And a lot of people who, who were able to obtain that information, they didn't want to pass on that information because of the fact that, I mean, there's a lot of danger coming with that. If you pass on that information and you force that enforce it, then a lot of people are going to have a lot of uh, backlash towards it. So some of the people that we can see throughout history, like, were were lynched. Not All only. Right. Not only black people were lynched in that time, mm-hmm. white people were also lynched at that same time because of the fact that they they were seen as uh I, do I, can I can I say this and the lovers and the lovers and uh what do you call it uh they're helping black people yeah like allies seen, right basically yeah. and so a lot and a lot of things like that would happen and um. I know I've seen before that uh, 
at right after and what we know as Juneteenth, right after when people start when not the slaves, the quote unquote free men, were leaving the plantations or wherever they were at, people started shooting them down, right. killing them and hanging them and, and that was when the, the KKK was going around. And so at that same time the KKK was formed and at the same time right after the Emancipation Proclamation uh more the the wandering was going on too. So at that time I know it was definitely scary to to be a black man or woman or child in America at the same time a clan that was at, rose to its prominence around 18 late 1860s and probably late 1880s, 1890s, early 1890s. That's definitely scary to think about. You're wandering and you're trying to find out where your family's at and where to live and where do you call your what do you call home? Right. Your home and your home is in danger just because of the color of your skin. Yeah. Even though even though that uh that's why I say quote unquote freed men. I still don't believe to this day that we're freed men. We're we're given liberty. Right. And if you know the definition of, of liberty and the difference between liberty and freedom, freedom is doing whatever you want without any constraints, but liberty, you have constraints. Mm-hmm. And so I want to say that uh, it was definitely a scary time to be a black man, for sure. And I could move into so many different categories, though. That's, I'm I'm thinking like, I don't know why, but I think in like 30 different directions to what to talk about. Right. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just leave it off as, as that. It was definitely a scary time to be a, a free, a quote unquote free man. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a good point. And I, I didn't really know most of the stuff that you said until now. So I'm glad you spoke on that. But um, yeah, it's like you said, we're. Is they will give us the idea that we're free, and I mean, yeah, we have sir, or they like we have equal rights. Like we can go out and vote, and like them, and we can't go out and get the same job. But at the same time, there's so lim- there's so limitations. Like there's right. still going to be handicaps on jobs that we can get, or um different stuff like that. But that's why the people who run for president, the presidential people, they always uh, or candidates. They always try to get the black votes or the minority votes, and then after that, it's not like they really do as much, right? Um. And um, I definitely the the effects are definitely still around today, especially where where we're at. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but uh, if you if you do, there's actually there were certain designated uh, spots in the city where where they will say, okay, Italians live here, black people live here, right. uh, the Germans or the Jewish people live here. That's why you go out throughout certain, this Italian is, you know what I'm saying, there's Italian parts, yeah. park, like there's certain parts of Park Heights that you wouldn't know that's like a whole J- Jewish community, like mm-hmm. big houses and, you know, come up here and uh, a little more into the county, you got more Jewish communities, Germ- there's actually German communities, you go into the city, I mean, like it's all it's all designated areas and stuff like that and 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 we see the f- effects like that still today. 
even with the the police department. I don't right. like the I don't necessarily like to bash the police department because it's a love and hate relationship. It's like I mean, we have property, so I mean, we got to kind of we can't we can't call on we I don't I don't know, like it's it's not you can't do that if you can call on your friend or whatever to help protect your property because it's illegal. Yeah. Like you can't arm you can't arm yourself with somebody else. And so you got to call on the police and we already seen with the police up, the police department is actually corrupt. I forgot. um, I forgot what his name was. I believe it was Roger Kelly. I believe it was Roger Kelly. That was actually a a Baltimore city police officer that was actually the grant was actually, what is it? What's the title called with where you wear the green robe in the Klan? I think it's uh, Grand Wizard or something like that. It's not Imperial Wizard. I know Imperial Wizard is a national leader. Yeah. But I know that the, this sure. man was actually a, I, I believe it's Roger Kelly. I could be wrong on that. I know that it's Roger Kelly, but yeah, I believe it's Roger Kelly. And a man named, well, I mean, I, I was listening to, to it about three weeks before, earlier about Daryl Davis and his story. Uh, getting people out and he actually lives in Maryland and he knows about the corruption with the police department all across the nation. And especially here because he lives in Maryland. And so Mm -hmm. he knows that stuff. And so a lot alert, a lot of rules that were put in place that were unwritten rules about black people who were saying, I mean, we already talked about this, about uh, the, the war on drugs or like you, you, you focus on a certain or on a certain group and that's what they would do and that's what they would do back in the city and they would just the police department would hush up about it like oh they'll they'll detain somebody put them away for 40 years even though that they were innocent right and so things like that and that's why i say quote-unquote free man because there's always there's it's just things like that that we don't know that happens every day there's there's black people that's free or that were free, quote unquote free, locked up, even though that they didn't do anything, and we experience that every day. Yeah, and that's that's my take for that first part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, like I said, interesting point, and it's just like the whole like you said, we can't just call on a friend to protect us. But at the same time, we're going to be we're not going to be hesitant to call the police. So. Whole things just whole situation is just messed up. Um, so I guess I'll give uh I'll just give a different fact or I'll give a fact right here. So this is something that I actually just learned the other day. So this is the like the history and background behind the watermelon stereotype that black people love watermelon. So I found this thread on Instagram. It says that after slaves were emancipated. Black people grew, ate, and sold watermelons, and in doing so, made the fruit a symbol of their freedom. They had grown and eaten watermelons during slavery, but now when they did so, it was a threat to the racial order. To whites, it seemed as if blacks were flaunting their new their newfound freedom. Newspapers amplified this association between the watermelon and the free black person. Primary message of the watermelon stereotype was that black people were not ready for freedom. 1915 white supremacist film, The Birth of a Nation, included a watermelon feast and its depiction of emancipation as corrupt northern white whites encouraged the former slaves to stop working and enjoy some watermelon instead. 
And then it said by the twentieth century it was um you know, it was everywhere in order to try and shame black people. So that was I think I just found that interesting because I never really knew that at first. And now I found out it kinda makes sense, like it gives me cl- it gives us clarity on that whole stereotype. Uh, yeah. I know for um this might derail just a little bit, but I, it definitely focused on that topic. Um, for sure, I believe it was Warren G. Harding that ended up having a private screening uh, of that movie, The Birth of a Nation. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of people wouldn't know this, but we already know that there's a lot of KKK members that's been involved in politics. But right. we never, not a lot of people would know that there's, there's KKK members that were involved in the president's seat. So, I don't know if many people would know about War J. Harding. I believe he's about 1920, 1923, 19, 19, probably, yeah, I think, I think so, 1919, 1923, who actually had a private screening of Birth of a Nation. And War J. Harding was a sworn in KKK member during the, in, in, was in the green room of the White House, sworn himself into the KKK. In the, in the White House. And he had a private screening of the birth of a nation. And actually, well, there's a different accounts of his uh, well, bodyguards, or secretaries that watched it with him mm-hmm. and saw him laugh at that screening. I don't know if people watched Birth of a Nation. People should watch it. I think it's on YouTube still. It's re- I mean, it's really interesting to watch. And right. some of the crazy things that that used to go on to blacks back then, which was true. Um, yeah, it is definitely some of the things that you'll see in there is like definitely sad, definitely sad. All right. All right. So you want to give another fact or. Oh, um, or, I mean, or I can go again. If you, I can just. I mean, I, I just gave, I just threw it out, out oh, there. It's yeah. like a little fact that there was a him. Oh, I forgot. Um, Warren G. Harding, and it was a sworn in KKK member, and also Harry Truman was a KKK member, sworn in. Yeah, I think I believe he he uh he integrated the army. Mm-hmm. I think he integrated the army. Was it Harry Truman? Okay. I think so. I think so. it was very early on. I'm thinking he, it's either him or Woodrow. Um, I don't believe Woodrow Wilson. Well, actually, no, yeah, that was yeah. Well, he was a. I was just thinking of Woodrow Wilson because I I know he was racist. Oh yeah, he was a def- mm-hmm. definitely a racist. But I I think Harry Truman, I think he changed his ideology just a little bit while after. But oh yeah, it was it was Harry Truman. Harry Truman. Yeah. Yeah, he was definitely. He was definitely a a sworn in KKK member, not during the green, but before, and he right. ended up leaving before he he was elected president. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, before I give you the next fact, I just want to say I'll uh, have a quick word from our sponsor, BB BB's Homemade Crab Cakes. No, that- this episode is brought to you by BB's Homemade Crab Cakes. Have you been craving crab meat this quarantine? Want an authentic Merlin crab cake? Then go online and order from BB's Homemade Crab Cakes. BB's is based in Charlotte, North Carolina, but is made by a Merlander. 
The mix is 100% lump crab meat with a unique meal-based filler that's never breaded or uses cracker crumbs. There's also a unique blend of spices to make a multi-layered seafood experience you won't get anywhere else. The mixture comes in three different sizes now. So it's the appetizer which is 8 ounces, the entree which is 16, and the party platter which is 32. The owner even has different recipes online for you to try yourself. In Charlotte, you can purchase at the Charlotte Regional Farmers Market. Everyone else can order and she'll ship them out to you. You want to taste the Merlin's finest? Go online to BB to BB's Homemade Crab That's crab cakes with with three K's. Again, it's BB's Homemade Crab So go online, order order yourself um some crab some crab meat mix, and tell them that Kyle sent you. Now back to a regularly scheduled program. Right, like the ad said, go and get your homemade crab cakes. Awesome. <laughs> you know, especially if you're from Baltimore, you know Baltimore. We love you. Love our crabs here. I don't know why I say we like I eat crab, but just seafood in general. Yeah. But um, so his next fact is how black people outside of America still built America. So on August, from August 14th, 1791 to January 1st, 1804, Haitian General Toussaint Louverture led a revolt against Napoleon and the French uh, colonial rule. Um, Louverture was, uh, led some self-liberated slaves against the French and was successful as Haiti became an independent territory. And after that revolt, Napoleon lost control of the Caribbean territories and saw no use for Louisiana. So that got the U. So that was how the U.S. was able to buy Louisiana and everything west of the Mississippi River for only fifteen million dollars, when um, which doubled the U.S. And back then, fifteen million dollars it was a lot, but at the same time, it was a good price. So, yeah, that's yeah, how. They, oh my bad. Oh, uh, they thought the French thought that it wasn't going to be much. Like they thought that land, it was like anything west of these mountains we have right they didn't think it was a a massive land full of gold rich minerals and diamonds and even if they can purchase up even further it's a little bit of oil right so they they definitely missed out on that but it's good that we still have that land Mm -hmm. and um i know the u.s was mainly interested in new orleans part but um yeah you know we like I said, doubled the country, and we got some of those states now that a lot, a lot of people like to live in, especially that bayou down there. Mm, the crawfish. Yeah. <laughs> the crawfish, the gumbo, all of it. Yeah. But, um... Man. We so. got... I know for, for certain... Um, geez. I was about to... I was about to go right... Go straight to Africa. But let me think. I mean, I, 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 since it's an unpopular black opinions, I think that, I mean, it probably, I don't think it's unpopular, but I believe that in Toussaint Levature and his revolution with all those generals in Haiti, I believe that if Nat Turner, if in America was weak at the time of Nat Turner's revolution, Right. I believe Nat Turner could have actually pulled off a complete revolution towards the nation, because I think some of the same some of the same things that you would see like Toussaint Louverture would would talk about uh, him preaching to his people, talking about going back to the homeland too, 
and some mm-hmm. of the and try to you know try to convince a lot of people to come together and revolt and fight for our freedom and that's what they truly right. wanted was freedom and mm-hmm. uh even though even though Nat Turner was uh at the end was killed and scalped right his body his body was cut into pieces and chopped up and it's horrible yeah what they did to him they they burned him and fed him, fed pieces to dogs apparently mm-hmm. and you it's definite that's what they used to do to to run away slaves and definitely right early on mm-hmm. that was when the trade was going that was when the the real trade was going on right it's horrible yeah, yeah. It's just crazy to think that all this was just because we have different skin color. Yeah, I I, I don't believe it's all just well, because. Of this yeah, reason. I think it's because of jealousy and how far advanced that we were becoming. Right. Because right, I mean, even though, I mean, mm, it's a lot of different factors because of the fact that, like I said before, was when we were quote unquote freed men, their business went away. Mm-hmm. And so that would would what we were doing with our ancestors were doing, they were bringing in income and economy towards the South, which was the only economy. It wasn't like what it, what it, the North was where they, per, right. they got ammunition there, mass product, mass producing like uh, cattle. And, you know, they starting to invent like steel and, you know, certain things like that and building ships and, trying to you know they got a lot of technical technological advances going on in the north but in the south it's pretty simple right and your only thing that was going on was i mean crop and it was uh tobacco and cotton and then if you go deeper south it's sugar cane yeah and so once their income went away they they started turning away and started killing us yeah then it turned then we started getting smarter and we started making more money and having our own economy. Then it turned to hatred just just be, for being black, right? And that's and that's where it's coming from. It's derived from fear. It's derived yeah. from fear because I'm the, yeah because they had that fear that like uh, we might be that we might become like a more dominant people or something like that, or we might overthrow or become better than them. So that's why they tried to they took us and made us slaves. You know, exactly. to try and like to try and bring us down. Exactly. But, um, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so I know this is a little off talk, but it's just some breaking news from the sports world. It says uh, all pro all pro jet safety Jamal Adams has requested for a trade. I just wanted to put that out there. Oh, for real? Yeah, oh, that's crazy. Because you know the um, what's the name? There were rumors about the Jets trading him. And then also, uh, you know, same with his contract and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Doug Peterson, the Philadelphia's uh, GM, Howie Roseman, if you're listening, trade for him. Just saying, throwing that out there. <laughs> or wow. on, honestly, I saw something. He said, um, it was saying the Ravens don't really need him, but if they traded for him, I wouldn't. Yep. Yeah, him and uh, Earl Thomas. And then we still got Chuck def- Clark. That would definitely be tough. Right. But uh, as long as he don't go to Dallas, I'm fine. 
But um, all right, back to your regularly scheduled program. So, uh, all right. So this is another fact that I've learned. So we all know D.C. is the capital. But it was also planned out by not only a black man, but a Baltimorean. So Benjamin Benjamin Banneker helped to make the make the design and layout for the capital city. Banneker was friends with the Ellicott family, hence Ellicott City. He was friends with the Ellicott family, and their son Andrew was a surveyor for Thomas Jefferson. And he asked Banneker to help after, um, or to help after Pierre Charles Lee Lee Enfant. I don't know. That's a French name, but he was dismissed from the project. So Ben was. Um, or Andrew asked Ben to help him with the project, and Ben was rumored to have redrew P- Pierre's layouts from memory. And um, what's his name? Andrew and Benjamin Banneker both um, made some improvements to the layout. So that's how we got the, the capital of DC. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And I, I ended up learning about him. Well, I mean, I, a lot of stuff that I know about is from my grandfather. A lot of different black influencers and you know, different contributors. Some a lot I know like you know, like people like the, who invented the traffic light and yeah. the person the man who invented the the wrench and uh famous Amos, the cookies. Right, yeah. All invented by black people. Those cookies slap uh, though. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. I never even knew until he told me. I thought it was a mind blowing. Don't be selling them at school. Gonna be having I them think at they school. Do. Yeah. Those cookies. I think they do. But yeah. I know um, this could be going back during slavery. Mm, I, do I want to give that now? No, I don't want to go that now. That'll be going far off topic. I was going to bring up uh, Tice David, where they first bring up the first uh, the first word use of Underground Railroad, and they used it for him. Right. And he, had, he was a, a man from, I forgot... I believe it was in Ohio and escaped up north towards, I believe, he, he, go, he went across, across some river and he, and he went up towards Michigan. Yeah. But he definitely, uh, and then I think, they, they, I think they called an account from his uh, slave master that he must have used our underground railroad because there's no, there was literally no tracks for him. He might have used one just for himself. Right. And I guess that's where the first note case. It's just a fun fact. Just a, a little throw-in. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But, um... Yeah. All right. So, um... This one, we're going to get into the business side. Or, this is going to be a long one. So, I'll just do another sponsor right here. This next segment is brought to you by Pretty in Pink from Paparazzi. Ladies, you're going on a date and you get dressed only for you to realize that you don't have any accessories and you gotta use your friend's jewelry. Well, those days are over with Pretty in Pink with Paparazzi. Pretty in Pink sells fashionable and stylish jewelry for just $5. Yes, you heard that right, just $5. All pieces are nickel and lead free. The owner sells pieces on Facebook Live. You can look up Stacey Alexander and she usually goes live on Saturdays. For all the guys who need an anniversary gift or to the girls who need something new for their outfit, go to a website to get some stylish jewelry. I'll put the link in the description. 
I mean, yeah, that's right. You get you get fashionable, nice jewelry, everything from earrings to necklaces to bracelets, all for just the low, low price of five dollars. And it's um, it's pretty good jewelry too. Like I can't stress that enough. It's just it's a reasonable price. I mean, if you don't, if you're not buying jewelry for five dollars, qual quality jewelry for five dollars, I don't know what's wrong with you. You gotta take that sale. But um yeah, like I said, go online, go on her Facebook Live, buy some stuff because um different items be changing, so you gotta be quick with it. But um yeah, it's gonna be it. Uh, it was a sponsor from Pretty and Pink from Paparazzi. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs> but um all right, so back from the break. So this is uh, from the business aspect of African American history. So we're gonna talk about Black Wall Street and the and the Tulsa massacre that happened. So Tulsa had an intense Tulsa, Oklahoma had an intense racial atmosphere, and it was a booming oil city and home to educated and uh, and affluent black people. And Oklahoma passed Jim Crow laws, which disenfranchised blacks right away, and there were even black veterans who um who were looking for work, but anti-black sentiment increased and the not-black people job opportunities. And the district of Greenwood in Tulsa was a hub for African-Americans as they started businesses and had doctors and lawyers to, um, like, look out for each other. And so, uh, have you, you've heard of Black Wall Street, right? Yeah, of yeah. course. Uh, so, like, um, you know, basically, so, like, basically, you know, they had, like, their own city, like, their own, it was, like, their own community, like, their own little country inside of America, Right. Yep. All right. So, um, I just know if you want to give your thoughts on that so far, just like how they started to um, build that, you know, like build up that city. Uh, I know uh, that that for sure was not the only one. I think that was the only one that only became a boom because after right. they blew it up and destroyed it, it was literally nobody there. It was like a desert town. Yeah. I think that's the only the only reason the only reason why we know about that, but we should also know about uh, certain towns and also in, you know, other parts of Missouri too. And even in, in I think out, outside of Birmingham, I forgot the town that it was called and it was the same thing, like another black wall street down there. Yeah. That ended up getting, I think it was, I think a couple of buildings were bombed and people just moved because they already knew they stayed there. Right. It was definitely going to be some trouble. Mm -hmm. I know, um, uh, I knew about some of that, and it was they were generating uh, 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 so much money, yeah. so much money, especially especially there. And I think, uh, and it's sickening to to know that, like, if you see somebody making money and you're having businesses and you have a hatred, so you blow it up instead of trying to work with that person because. I, I I never understand that. Right. I still never under, will un, ever understand how people can hate somebody instead of joining in unison to create a, an an enormous economy. Right. But you know, people think differently, but it's it's just dumb to me. Um, yeah. I, I think that's just my two cents. You already gave like all the facts on it, so I mean, you know. Yeah. All right. That was just, like, the main stuff, like, how they rose and stuff. And like you said, right. like, that's not the only one. Because it's sort of, like, with the, like, how people were saying about the police brutality. Because, you know, it's just, like, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, all of them, they're not the only ones. 
because you know what happens all the time is just the coverage that it gets. Right. So, yeah. But um, so there was a race riot that happened in the city. So on, I believe it was on May 30th, 1921, that um, I think it was a shoe cleaner. Yeah, it was like a man who worked as a shoe cleaner, an African-American shoe cleaner named Dick Rowland, used the elevator to get to a bathroom. And there was an operator, a white operator named Sarah Page in there. And I guess uh, Roland had tripped and grabbed for her arm. And um, he tripped and grabbed for Sarah's arm to break the fall. But, you know, Sarah screamed because I guess she was startled. And uh, the clerk heard it and thought that she was assaulted. Now, the police didn't launch a manhunt and Sarah didn't press charges. But mobs had threatened to lynch him. And there was a black police officer who arrested him to try and protect him from the mob. So it was where, like, they arrested him, like, tried to take him into custody. Or, no, they actually arrested him first. And then they heard the rumors of them trying to lynch him. And then the, I guess the police said it transferred him to a different, more secure um, location. All right. So there were some black people that armed themselves, like former World War One veterans who armed themselves to try to protect Roland. Well, white people came with firearms, both sides. And uh, at first, it was like a little standoff for like the first couple of days. But then they started shooting and the riot started. And a couple of days after the riot, the white people were setting buildings on fire and they were shooting. They said they were going to shoot black people no matter what. Like they just saw them, they were going to shoot them, which actually led to some um, deaths of white people. Then some of the black residents fled as the white riders broke into the buildings at homes and even dropped firebombs from planes above. And the law enforcement said that the planes were meant to prevent a Negro uprising. Now, I was just, I just think that's, again, that's crazy how this whole thing started because they want to lynch somebody when he didn't even assault anyone. At the fact that they had, they had planes with firebombs just at the ready because they thought we were going to have an uprising. Yep. Definitely. I think that uh, this is is this is definitely going to be crazy. But I remember um, going back to Birth of a Nation. I All remember right. uh, watching it, and it's a famous photo that you'll see if you look up um, Birth of a Nation. Uh, I think it, I think if you see like Birth of a Nation in the city, and so there was actually like there's a picture with buildings surrounding these these clan members and they were surrounding this one black man and his eyes was like wide open and like it was looked like he was struck in fear right and a lot of people took that as comedy but you know it is definitely not comedic or anything like that so i think that like definitely seeing that photo was crazy and why i bring that up is because um i know People don't tell anything about this, but um, during Prohibition um, in the 1920s, 1930s, it actually gave an uprising to the Klan in which Mm -hmm. you can can look it up where the Klan was actually roaming into the city. And there's there's another famous picture with the Klan where it's this Klan's member and he's holding a sign. And it's, uh, I think it was like one nation, one country have the the red cross in the middle of course in, in their symbol and it was going towards prohibition and so well i mean like, again there's an uprising towards like 
what that what they were selling moonshine and all that dirty dirty stuff trash <laughs> in right. that well, let's be nice. Yeah. Let's be nice. We don't have to go there. I mean, you're not wrong, but you didn't have to say it. I mean, good lord. <laughs> that dark looker, you know, and mm -hmm. it, it's definitely crazy. And during that time, there was there was a lot of lynchings that went on that people don't know right. about. And the Klan going into in the inner cities, in which a lot of black people live in the inner cities. And this happened, in, I think, um, throughout the South. I don't believe it happened in anywhere in the North. I don't believe it happened anywhere in the North. You know what? I think it actually yeah. happened. I think it happened towards Manhattan, I, I believe. But hmm. I, I have to go back on it. Don't take my, don't take my word for it. But I, <laughs> I know it happened for sure throughout the South. But I don't believe, I think it happened in, in New York only, where right. alcohol was a, a huge thing. And it's towards mm -hmm. Massachusetts and Boston and stuff like that. Yeah, like the speakeasies and stuff. Right. Where the Klan is big in Boston and Massachusetts. Well, Massachusetts. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, that was an interesting take. Uh, and that was just interesting, especially like the points that you were talking about, uh, Birth of a Nation. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen that movie, but I, I need to see that. It's really I want to see that movie. Oh, it's really long. Yeah. I mean, if I could watch, sit there and watch Endgame for three hours, I can. Uh, I should be able to watch that. Oh, that almost killed me, though. <laughs> that almost <laughs> killed me. I mean, if you go to black churches, you good for that three hours. <laughs> if you sit, you be sitting there hot. Exactly. You just be sitting there having waiting. the church fans hit the. Yep, you got that little thing. Your grandma's a fan of herself, and you got to hey. catch winning a little bit of that wind. Sitting there with that that jacket on. Your coat really? suit on, you'd be trying to say, like, Mom, can I take this off? No, keep that on. I'm not going to get embarrassed. Nah. Yeah. Then you got to sit around. You got to wait for the, you know what I'm saying, the people to pass out the food. Right. Especially if it's, like, a special occasion. Right. But, uh, yeah, I definitely look forward to seeing that movie. Um, now, the results of the massacre... There was, um, hold up. Uh, all right, so there were 191 businesses, uh, junior high school, uh, seven churches, and the only hospital that were lost in the riot. There were over 1,256 houses burnt, and estimated property losses amounted to uh, $1.5 in real estate and 750000 in personal property. And that comes out to about $32 million in 2019, or as of 2019. And there were 39 confirmed deaths and 100 to 300 estimated. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Yep. Just, uh, it was just like a dark, uh, dark day in the black community that we don't really see that goes, um, that's taught in school. And I actually saw this when I looked this, when I looked up about Black Wall Street. It was saying that in Oklahoma, it became a uh, part of the school curriculum. Like schools had to learn that. So I should think. I'm just saying, like, why isn't that a thing, like, for the whole country? It actually was a whole thing. It actually was a thing in the country. Um, my grandfather talked about it, um, and this it ended as a result of the riots that went on after uh, Dr. King was assassinated. Uh, right. I know for sure in 
when my grandfather he said he was attending poly polytechnic and it was one of the top engineering schools and it went from one of the top engineering schools to well you don't even hear about it for engineering really and then right. and then in the entire city of baltimore was one of the had one of the best well actually one of the best to number one at certain points throughout the nation it was known as that to one of the worst uh cities to go for for schooling when it comes right. to public schooling and so a lot of the things that we know as of today like um i, I you can say like a trade school or like a we can't like yeah, anything like that i think a trade school it's only like two of them my grandfather was talking about it back then he said because of the riots um some of the businesses weren't even burned down some of them just left because their economy left right which was it was white people mm -hmm. so when white people went away it was like we were here here left right know? i mean is that our fault i don't think so but i mean it was just a it was just an, i think it would be a natural reaction to something that would happen to like a a prominent leader that that strives for hope that you you overcome yeah, and for your leader and your your heart and somebody and your hope, your only hope is gone. They broke your your pride and then they broke your hope. Yeah, you're gonna have an uprising, and that's what happened, and I, and it blew up all across the nation. And what we know now is, uh, after the in the late '60s and going into the early '70s. My my grandfather would talk about it, and he would say, "Go going back home to visit his mom. His mom was, and well, my great grandmother was really poor, and she didn't, you know, she didn't have much. And because of the economy was going away, and there were some black businesses, but some of the black businesses that were there were also burnt down as a result of, I mean, certain white protesters that were breaking down things." As well, all right. in, in all in all of that mess, and so I think uh, definitely it's definitely crazy to to know about that and how the economy was actually pretty. Actually, the economy for Black people was good, was better than what it is now, because I, I would say like my grandfather talked about. He said he never he never preached for like uh, integration. And I, and I agree with him if you actually think about it logically because some of these businesses, and you say going back down south, certain businesses that you 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 rely on, you know, everyday things like, oh, uh, getting chickens and vegetables or whatever, your your gas station or whatever. Right. A lot of those businesses were black. Mm -hmm. And that all went away after integration where it, people felt like the need the need for like oh for another for another push was wasn't there anymore yeah and so when that it was wasn't there it just all went away it just all went away right it's messed up to say if i say i don't i'm, not, I'm cool with white people you know what i'm saying i'm cool I mean, with yeah you, you know mess like, with me, i'm cool with you i mean yeah like because you know it's not like all white people are bad. like you know like when, when we're talking about like if you talk about people like oh like if you talk about white people, black people, police, or whatever, like we know not everybody's bad. It's just like, yeah, like we know not everybody's bad. Yeah, for sure.
It's just not all black people bad. <laughs> yep. It's crazy. Oh, this is another thing I just wanted to mention because I saw this on Instagram. So it was this um, female police officer who was white. She went. To, did you see this video where she like went through? Oh McDonald's? my gosh! I already know what you're talking about. All right. So this lady went to McDonald's. Yeah, she ordered an egg McMuffin and a coffee, and they gave her the coffee first, and they said they um the egg McMuffin like needed more time or something like that. They need more time to make it, and she made this video where she started like busting down in tears, and was like emotional that, and she was like getting like anxiety or whatever that like she didn't get her muff- McMuffin yet. So I just looked at the comments. I, I just everybody was on. I must have been thinking what they were saying because they was all. If she can't handle this, why is she on the force with a gun, uh, the da- a deadly weapon, handling high task situations that that are like that? Man, she's going through. She's going through all the motions. She's going through everything. I mean, it's like, like the pressure. It's like. She she was like a pressure cooker. Pretty much. Pop right there. It's like, I don't know. I'm not going to make that reference. That's a bad analogy, but um, I, the way she broke down was hilarious. It was like, how, how are you a police officer and you break down over your egg McMuffin? Like, That's what I'm saying. Like, man, I can understand if, you, if you're saying... I hope that they don't spit on my food because I'm a police officer. Because of the tensions right now, I can understand where you're coming from. But if you say if you say here like, oh, I don't even know why she was crying. Like why? Is that, like she she just I can't see my food. I think she was saying because she couldn't see her food being made. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, have you not been to McDonald's before? You can't even or like see been the food through a anyway. drive through. <laughs> you can't even see your food being made anyway. I'm I'm my guess is that she only went to the little. Japanese or uh, restaurants that had the little um, table, the stove right there at the table. Oh, the hibachi spots? Yeah, like the hibachi grills and stuff. She had to eat in there like for her whole life or something. Bro, like, Why are you going to McDonald's and crying that they, you can't see them make your food? Like, have you not been to McDonald's before? They like, don't even make your food. They just put it together. Exactly. Like the heat. Like I'm just like, I don't know. I just, I'm just puzzled at how they let somebody like that who just broke down like that on the force with the deadly weapon. Makes no sense, but let 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 them on. Uh, and then also another interesting fact that um that kind of came out today said the Netflix the CEO of Netflix is giving out a hundred and twenty million dollars to HBCUs across the country. Now, I think that's I I think that's big because me and Jane was just talking about HBCUs in the last one how they could get better funding and stuff because they don't have the you know like they don't have the same um was opportunity or like uh, resources right. as PWIs economy or whatever right so I mean yeah that's, that's definitely yeah. that's definitely a huge bonus but that de- that depends on how how the money is dispersed though right. I mean, if it if it goes like a uh, ten million here to a certain school, then that's definitely beneficial. Yeah. If you go to if you put it towards like a school like Hampton Howard or whatever like that, it it'll be I think it would be pretty pretty good for them to expand. 
Because right. ten million dollars is a lot of money. You can definitely expand on that. Mm-hmm. Expand your campus and expand your your education levels. Yeah, I mean, honestly, or uh, hold on, I got the article up right here, so I'm gonna see if it's serviceable. I'm just trying to see how they if it's like this if it says how's the Spurs. Uh, it said that changed Wednesday when Reed Hastings, the chief executive officer of Netflix. And his wife, Patty Quillen, announced they would donate $120 million split evenly between the United Negro College Fund, a scholarship foundation for black students. Yeah. All right. For HBCU. So. I don't know how many HBCUs are. A scholarship foundation for black students. And Spelman and Morehouse. All right. Let's look this up. I mean, that's still still big, though, because... What's the name? That's pretty Cause like, that big. Yeah. Because, I mean, even if even if some people are talking about, oh, it's only like 10 million or so-and-so, like, that's still millions of dollars, like. Right. Especially for a school that's good. I don't do the math behind that. Right. And who was it that um that built uh, the Smith Center? Well, I mean, Vinnie Smith, but how much money did he spend? He gave uh, $1 million or something like that? Yeah, I think so million dollars and that built it in an entire gymnasium i mean it, it and he put a stadium in there with a million dollars like that's amazing and a downstairs in a an entire facility like that's right. crazy with one million dollars what imagine what 10 million dollars can do all right so that's i think i just did that because it says 107 hbcus yeah if you do 120 million well, so i think uh, that's like one point yeah like 1.2 million yeah, that I mean, was definitely, that's definitely. Yeah, that's still big. That's definitely big. Mm-hmm. But um, and no, uh, speaking of money, since we on, I'm just uh, throw out my last little fact here. So, the richest man in history in history of the world, his name is Mansa Musa, and he was the tenth emperor of the Mali Empire from 1312 to 1337. And he mainly got his riches from trading gold and salt from in uh, West Africa, and used the money to strengthen the country, the country's cultural centers like Timbuktu. And Mansa Musa's wealth is said to be estimated to around four hundred to four hundred and fifteen billion dollars in modern money, but nobody really knows his actual wealth. Is just they um, like websites and stuff say that he's indescribably rich because you can't really, we don't really know how much he's made, but you couldn't. And um, certain societies um, actually thrived off of uh, utilizing the gold and salt, right. especially Portugal and Spain and uh, so a lot of some, I'm not going to say a lot, some European nations beside the, those two, yeah. Eastern European nations that thrived off the salt because what you used back then was salt. You salted your foods to, to preserve your foods and it was a preservative. You, pre- you preserve your meats. And right. so certain a lot of nations that was up there that that was like okay we can just use salt and we got to use this salt because we don't have a lot of crops coming in because imagine like you're in that you're in that environment and it's pretty cold and a lot of times like it's gonna be famine because it's, you're gonna have some harsh winters it's not like you're gonna have like a dry season because if you have a dry season there's still plants that that grow sometimes. You have right. irrigation systems, but if you have certain seasons where it's so cold, from fall to 
to the early beginning of the spring, you you make no income at all. Yeah, and you probably don't have anything to eat, so you gotta salt your food. Right. So a lot of nations were thriving off of this, and even with the gold trade. I mean, the if you see some of the the architectures that he put up for himself, and even uh, his and uh, his influence still all throughout West Africa in areas where where we know as Liberia and um, Nigeria and throughout West Africa and even some some parts of the northern West Africa. I forgot what it's called. Um, I forgot what the northwest uh, country of Africa is called. I forgot what it's called. Uh, I can come up. I can remember it at some point. Is it uh, Morocco? Or is that a city? Maybe. I'm not sure. Not I think exactly. it might be. I'm not sure, but his influence is definitely there for sure. Right. And, and he was a, a, a huge, and we know about this from, he's a, well, a religious influencer. And so what you see now when you go to West Africa, you don't see Christianity or Catholicism like a lot of people would tell you. Like, you see a lot of people, a lot of African women in the in the robes, in the black robes, that are that they're Islamic. Right. And so they all... I mean, not all, but a, a good, a good majority. Let's talk about like seventy percent of those Africans. You know, they still they still wear the robes because of his influence. This right. man, this man, Mansa Musa built schools, hospitals. I believe, I believe, I'm not sure. You know what? I think it is the Kingdom of Mali, and where he actually built. An entire no, no, I, no. It's not. It's not his influence. But it was a. I believe it was a couple of kings before him in the kingdom of Mali, where they yeah. actually built an entire wall, and he finished it up around Mali, an entire wall around an entire country, and were well. I mean, his main, his main territory, right. And so, his and you can see parts of that wall is still up, still up today. You can look at this up on the internet. I'm not. I'm not bogus. I'm not. Bogus. I'm not blowing up smoke up your butt. This is true. Wait a minute. Wait. Wait a minute. Hold. Wait. First of all, you're not gonna speed past that. Like you didn't just say what you just said. You can look this up. It's actually wall. There's a wall still up. It's parts of the wall still up. All right. His influence is there. His his schools are schools are up. Hospitals are burnt down. And even his influence of spreading around math. Because we already know that the, the Arabics they contributed to algebra two and right. I believe I believe trigonometry was more in France and mm. calculus was more in European nations. But I know the earlier mm. math was definitely surrounded in Africa, in the Trig. in the Middle Eastern. Trig, is Trig. It? <laughs> um, speaking of trig, <laughs> trig is right here for me. Oh my gosh, trick is so hard. But anyways, <laughs> definitely his influence is definitely, definitely prominent. Yeah. And like you said, Kyle, like his, his wealth, you cannot measure that. Like imagine, you imagine you're trading gold bars with other nations constantly, back and forth, back and forth, and you're making so much profit and you're getting so much wealth back in jewels and gems and all different types of stuff. Then you're building massive ships, doing expeditions around the entire world, trading with other nations in Asia. Like, right. how can your wealth be measured like that? So, definitely. 
And plus having the salt tree, because, you know, salt, like you said, salt was big because they didn't have refrigerators, but they didn't have the little touchscreen refrigerators or whatever. Like, uh, all they had was salt to preserve, and he had, like, he basically, he basically had the plug. Like, he was the salt plug. He was a salt plug. And that man, that's how he made his money. He not only traded it, but he was actually, he used mines to, to break down and get salt and trade it around. So right. not only he he was the the manufacturer, he was also the what do you, what do you call the miner? Well, I mean the miner, but what do you call uh, somebody that um uh that that comes to the source that actually digs out the source? Um, um, um yeah, that. miners. But I mean, he was the miner. Yeah, miners. The yeah. And mine up, but I mean, we can talk about crops though. Oh, uh, I forgot what it's called. I actually forgot what it's called. But, but he was the miner and the trader. So imagine being a miner and a trader. Imagine Pablo Escobar, Pablo Escobar was doing that. I mean, it's a bad. That's, yeah, I mean, it's a bad a... influence. <laughs> it's a bad influence. But I'm saying, he he got the poppy plants. He was making heroin and. Cr- cr- blah, 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 blah. Cocaine from scratch, you know. He, he was doing dealing weed too from scratch. He was selling it by the tons. Right. All right. So imagine that converted to salt and gold. By the way, we're not condoning drug drug dealing. We're not. We're not. We gotta. We gotta put that out. There. Oh, we gotta yeah, put that I out. There. But I I try to make a good analogy because that's probably the closest thing that you can say. And Paulo Escobar did that for only a couple of years. He was only the head for a couple of years. Imagine doing that, trading gold and salt, right, for your entire ruling. That's not that. that that's you cannot. You can't do. Right. Like, what do you do? That's unimaginable. So much gold. Right. So all my little uh, black people that want to become that want to become famous and stuff, just know the richest man in history is is black man. Richest in history, and some of the richest kings, and the the most important figures in this in this world were were African, right? Militant leaders, mil, military leaders. My bad, I don't want to say militant. Military leaders. You talk about your architectures in in Egypt, right? People today still can't figure out how they built the pyramid and the Sphinx. Yeah. He was today still don't still don't understand. I mean, wasn't it just like bricks? Like you just put down bricks. People still don't know. They I'm they sorry. they people still think it's like they were they were they put it together through through water and built it underwater in water. It's like uh, how do you do that? Uh, and I know some people think it's aliens and stuff. Like no, no, just just stop. <laughs> yeah, they they yo they were. Putting in, well, I mean, they say Leonardo da Vinci was the first one to design a helicopter, but you, you can see there's actually inscribed or inscriptions of a like a helicopter, and a no, not a helicopter of a of a plane right. that was on the Egyptian pyramid. Right, flew around. Like these people were actually extremely smart, and I always I always hate how they try to doubt Africans and. And say like, oh yeah, they needed to use slaves to use to do this. Right. Why is that? 
because of because the Bible says that. I mean, do I want to do I want to deny everything that's inside the Bible? No, but do I want to question certain things that's inside of it? Yes, maybe. Right. Because it's like, it, if you think about it, like, like the the history behind the. I mean, we we can we can. That's a whole different episode. Yeah. But some of the history behind some of the history is just is just mixed up. But I I guess the major, the Bible is actually is for a good majority of it is actually historically correct. Right. But I mean certain things with the, the story of Moses, which is so big, is historically incorrect. Right. Timeline wise is incorrect. Mm-hmm. And so I mean like mm-hmm. I, I like I said, I hate when they, they doubt Africans say like, oh they needed slaves to and then these slaves were pulling up two ton bricks up a up a uh, up a a steep hill right. to build a pyramid. Imagine that. Imagine you a slave. You have three three hundred people behind you trying to pull up a two ton two ton brick or whatever whatever it is, and put it up there and put thousands of them up there. Mm-mm. And they did that in 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 a lifetime of a king, right? During the king's rule, that no, that's that doesn't sound right. And if y'all don't know what a two ton two ton is, that's a lot of that's a lot right there. Lot, that's a lot right there. It's a lot. That should be like two elephants. I think probably is. Should be like two elephants. Imagine pulling up two elephants. Well, I mean, a hundred of y'all couldn't even do that anyway, because is that's too many, too much rope. Then you gotta you gotta coordinate with everybody's step. That's too much. Right. Fifty uh, fifty of y'all pulling it. That's that's still a lot, and that's hard labor, and that's in Egypt. You know how many people are gonna die from that? Thanks. What makes no sense to me? Back her just thinking about it, bro. I, I think I'm thinking about the heat. Oh, yeah, that heat, yeah. Storms. I'm thinking about the sandstorms. I'm thinking about you have your toenails along and you're climbing <laughs> up some bricks and you clip your toenail and you lose your toenail. Oh, no. oh, oh, all right. Uh-uh. Like, bro, I'm thinking about that thick rope and you're going over and you don't no have a gloves shirt on. back then, so you got no gloves. No powder. You're growing up. You're having a rope over your your shoulder. You you think people are actually doing that? Mm-hmm. Then why then why are people so shocked about slavery back, like in the eight in the eighteen hundreds and seventeen hundreds? Because it's never people never society society has never seen the human race has never seen slavery in that form. Right. Never seen seen slavery in that form. Ever, it's just we that we can t- go into so many different directions, but bruh, like yeah, yo, they they doubt they doubt our our culture and our heritage and where For where real. our people come from, right? And our accomplishments. Think about everything that's in the roots. It's Africans, exactly. Another fun fact: when the when the Romans at, were coming. When they came up after their dynasty had fell, 
they ended up going towards Europe to try to find a different settlement. And they said when they went to Europe, they they thought it was a good land. They saw potatoes, good mountains. It's pretty cool. It was like, oh, this is pretty nice out here. Then out of nowhere, they see these barbaric people come and jump out of bushes and attacking them and they're very violent. And we, we, we already know about it from the Germanic tribes. Right. And certain leaders like that. I forgot what the leader was of the Germanic tribe. I, I forgot. But even during the Jesus time, they were exploring up in Europe during Jesus' time, trying to find a different settlement. And they saw people just like that. And it's crazy to think that everywhere, almost everywhere else in the, in, on earth was literate and was building ships. But Europe was still like, uh, it was like a little bit, just a little bit behind besides the Vikings. Right. Vikings was a little bit different. So imagine this. So imagine a continent was building ships and doing expeditions around the world before Europe was literate. Right. Think about the roots and where where your math comes from, sir. Right. I know they say geometry came from Africa. Yeah, I know. I, I believe believe geometry for sure and a certain a lot of architecture that we get from today like pillars and the houses that we even know yeah. well, I mean the early set of houses that we know like townhomes and stuff like mm-hmm. that actually came from Egypt and uh, I forgot where I was going to go damn it but I, I know they started building ships in Africa and in right. Egypt, even before that, that marriage with Julius Caesar and Cleopatra. Yeah. Champ. Think about the roots. Think about the roots. Crazy. Mm-hmm. You got any um, other facts that you want to go over, or? Um, we can say. It's gonna be pretty short. Uh, I think I mentioned it earlier, but the the man who invented the wrench was actually a heavyweight boxing, heavyweight uh, heavyweight title uh, boxing champion, and his I forgot what his name was, um, Jack Johnson. And he patented it the first ever wrench. Because I, I think he, he well, I mean, he worked, of course, had to work with his hands, mm-hmm. like at on his on his on a side job. And so he patented it on April the eighteenth, nineteen twenty-two. And so, the wrench that we know today is not too far off. So that's definitely right. And he also became the first African American world heavyweight cha- boxing champion. So Jack Johnson was doing some things. Right. Doing some things. That's, uh, that's very interesting. Yeah, he was um, a heavyweight boxing champion. Man, yeah. I wish they I wish they really allowed um free men, quote unquote free men to to box back then. Like really like box in the eighteen hundreds. 
you think ma- imagine another Sugar Ray Robinson before that, before Sugar Ray Robinson. That would be tough. This man was knocking out white people for fun. It was talking. He was trash talking every time. Man, that's probably why they didn't have the slaves box because they knew they knew they was gonna uh, beat the crap out of them. <laughs> man, like you, you already knew that it was gonna happen. Like, right. Nope, because I'm nobody was. Yeah, that's right. And my thing is like you've been like you've been a, like you've been a slave for most of your life, and then you get the chance, the one chance to take your anger <laughs> out on the white person. You're gonna give yeah. it everything that you got. Exactly. Me and Tony, you're not gonna come in there with them. Hey, what it do, baby? Yeah, yo. Hey, make us like, oof, oof, oof. like coming straight uppercut. You got them yeah. left hooks on point, man. Right. And them dude, them dudes was them dudes was huge back then too. Right. This was huge back then. So imagine, <laughs> imagine, dude. He he could have been in his fifties. Got he got strong hands, good for like a good strong forearm, right? And a and a tough chin, man. I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. You could have had a Mike Tyson back then. But, you never knew. That would have been another way out of slavery. Another way out of slavery, man. If they would have gave us the chance to, to box ourselves or fight our way out of slavery, like actually hand to hand fist combat, yeah, easy. Oh yeah, easy. You know it wouldn't be fair though. They would they would try to threaten family, but man, yeah, I probably wouldn't have cared. I probably I'd probably be like, bro, I'm gonna knock you straight out. Put right. put you on TV. Right. You have a whole you. Rocky boxing montage training montage. <laughs> You running up the stairs. Exactly. <laughs> Doing them hills. Man, no, not like Rocky. Gotta do it like Mr. T. Oh yeah, Mr. Uh, wait, what was his name? Was that well, that was Mr. T. Yeah, he was one of the guys that he fought. No, but that was that his name? Um was it Rocky Three or Yeah, three. Three was yeah. Mr. T. I don't know his name in the in the movie though. Oh my yo, No, the guy true. Apollo. Apollo. Apollo Creed? Yeah, yeah, I get yeah. like Apollo. Well, Ooh, except man. for the fourth one, because he he got a little too showy and then Yeah. Yeah. But um Alright, so um I guess we can go into some different inventions now. Since you bought the wrench, you know. Yeah. Alright, so uh, this is gonna be a quick word from our last sponsor. This segment is brought to you by King Kai Cosmetics. Fellas, you go on a date with that special someone and you see you have embarrassing acne and you have to reschedule your date and now you spend your Saturday nights alone. Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore after using Kai Cosmetics. Kai Cosmetics uses 100% all natural ingredients in soaps and face masks. It's all natural. They'll go out and get aloe vera, you know, like mint, all that other stuff. Like, it's all natural. They don't use none of that fake chemical stuff that be going to other soaps. It's 100% all natural. Now, they have a variety of products. They have soaps, uh, face masks, and um, oils. My personal favorite product is the rose water called Rosie. It's a water spray with real rose petals and aloe vera, along with minerals, uh, vitamins A and C, 
enzymes, and antioxidants. It unclogs, unclogs your pores, gets rid of acne, and it clears your skin and so much more. Now, you simply spray some on your face after washing your face. Uh, you fan dry with your hands and then use moisturizer after. Guys, I'm telling you, this rose water works. Uh, had my, my, after I used it for a while, had my skin clearing up. You know, it's just that rose water works. It's magic. Now, there, I know you're probably thinking, what are the prices? Now, the soaps and the rose water is just $5. Yes, cinco dollars. I don't know dollars in Spanish, but, and the face mask is only four. So, it's reasonable price for all natural stuff. I can't stress that enough. Guys, I'm telling you, these products work. And the oils, she has different oils for uh, if you have dry skin, for dark spots, uh, all the different types of oils. She has it all. Now, you can play, you gotta go on Instagram and search up Kankai Cosmetics, all K's, and um, you can DM her your order and you cash up her the money, I guess, or something like that. Uh, yeah, so you'll DM, DM her the order and they can get your product. Guys, I'm telling you, go in here, get your rose water, your soaps, your face mask, your oils, everything. It, it, it works magic. And um, tell also tell them Kyle sent you. But uh, that is it for this. That is it for the sponsorship. Uh, let's get back to a regularly scheduled program. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but what's the name? All right. So here after a break. So we're just gonna go over some back and forth on some inventions that were made from black people. So I you know a common one is the traffic light, like Jalen said, which was invented by Garrett Morgan in 1923. Now, he didn't create it from scratch. There are already different types of um, traffic lights, but he modified one. He modified it to have the, um, the he modified it to make it the modern one with the three lights. So he added the, because before it was just stop and go. So he added the yellow light to slow down so that people had time to slow down and stop. And it was also produced inexpensively so that they could get them all on the streets faster. And now it's a way to keep us more safe while we driving. Uh, I know um, there's another man named Elijah McCoy, who y'all probably wouldn't know for it, but he he made an invention for steam engines, or I, I wasn't steam engines, but basically he added lubrication to to machines that were spitting oil. Right. And so, and he put it through like a, some type of small tube and he had over 57 different patents, but that was among his most famous. Right. I feel like I've heard of him. But, um, I think I'm selling dope, selling dope. Whoa, whoa, I, whoa, whoa. All right. So, again, I'm sorry, it's a little off track, but um, it said Jamal Adams will welcome a trade to these seven teams. First team up on the list, the Ravens. That is Ravens, Cowboys, Ew, Texans, Chiefs, Ew, Eagles, yes, 49ers, and Seahawks. So, I mean, John Harbaugh, Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman, um, Eric DaCosta, if any of y'all are listening, trade for the man. I say trade for him. Just don't let him go to Dallas or Kansas City. But yeah, that was just something that caught my eye real quick. But um, 
again, back to the regular schedule program. So um, another invention. <laughs> I just, I can't help myself. You know, I'm in the sport. Like I got a report. I just. But um, all right. So this one was actually this next invention came from a black lady. So this is the home security system, which was co-invented by Mary Van Britton Brown in 1966. So she spent some nights at at her home in Queens, New York, while her husband was away. And uh, at that time, crime rates had risen. So she was a little, you know, she was a little nervous about staying in the house by herself in case somebody broke in. So what she did, she made a, a system that used cameras to look in the different peepholes and uh, show, and the, it would show the video on a monitor that she had. And she also had a microphone to speak to anyone and a button to unlock the door and another button to contact the police. She and her husband then and later in the same year, um, what's the name? They, uh, you know, they tried to get the patent and they received the patent three years later. So, again, without her. We probably half of us would probably have uh, half of our stuff taken right now. I mean, you could fight back, but you know, now it was safer. Yeah, another inventor, uh, actually born in 1856, born a slave, and he died in the 1910s from a stroke. Uh, Granville Woods, and he he was famous for invent. I believe it was inventing the the electric railway. And he, he was able to tell a conductor because, you know, black people were not allowed to be the engineer. Well, I mean, the head engineer. So he contributed. Right. He to- actually told, like, the conductor slash engineer that where he could tell where certain trains were coming from and where they were going. Mm-hmm. And so he was able to control the flow of electricity through that process. And so he, he invented those two. He determined the way. And I think he invented... Uh, the first ever electric roller coaster too. Hmm. Look that up. It, I think it. What was it? I think it was called the Figure Eight. I think it was called the Figure Eight. You said electric roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was the first. I don't know if it was the first. Lamarcus Thompson. Lamarcus Tom, but well, that's that up. first roller coaster. I'm looking, uh, put in electric. Um, I think Grant, oh, yeah, Granville T. Woods, yep, yeah, Coney Island History Project. Um, yeah, electric railway and electric, yeah, figure eight, yeah. That was pretty cool when I first heard of that. That's tough. Yeah. Now he reason why most of us be having fun this summer. Yep. <laughs> Roller coaster did be fun though. Man, I don't, I don't. I think it was pretty simple when he first had it, but yeah, I don't know. I. Nice. What's another one? Oh, um, I remember hearing about this because my granddad, granddad definitely talked about. He said he loves dry cleaning because, but I mean, because he used to support his dry cleaning lady, and he said uh, some dry cleaning lady that he knew was like. He said it was like some family member's friend 
some generation thought that that knew this guy. What was his name? Uh, Thomas Thomas Jennings. I think yeah. it was his invention for like uh, the dry cleaning business that we know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another invention I came up with, and this one is essential. We never really thought about this, but the automatic elevator door. Uh, it was invented by Alexander Miles in 1887. And back then, yeah, back then people had to manually open and close the elevator door. And some, yeah, so like sometimes people would leave them open. That would lead to people falling down the shaft and casualties and stuff. Ooh. And get this. It said his daughter almost fell down the shaft. So so that's what led him to, um, to go about this invention. And he made a mechanism that closes and opens the door automatically. So if it was not for this man, Elevator would yeah. be dangerous. But, um, yeah, that's just not something you think about every day, though. Like, like something simple. Because it's just like it's just like you just think like step like before we had stairs, boom, elevator appears. But you never thought of like the automatic door. Man, that that's definitely cool. Yeah. Press a button, open it up. Yeah, exactly. I never knew that. Me neither. I never knew that. Because I knew they had operators, but when the operator just pressed the button and the door would close. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess that was after this, so yeah. That's crazy. And we already know about... We should know about Mary Joyner. But if you don't know, she was a businesswoman, and she made a lot of hair care... Hair care products for you curling your hair. Oh, CJ Walker, Madam CJ Walker. No, ma- not Madam CJ Walker. She also her too, but Mary uh-huh. Joyner. Uh, Mar- right. Marjorie. I said Mary. Marjorie. Uh, Marjorie Joyner. Oh, uh, got you. And I, what was it? I gotta look this up. It was a curler, but she also made something else. Permanent wave machine, and her her permanent wave machine, and it only lasted a couple of days. Hmm. Yep, it says permanent, but it lasted a long time. So, let's we'll see. This. Yeah, they had waves back then. Um, yeah, I yeah, know a lot of. Yeah, a lot of black females have invented this stuff. Like, uh, I know Madam C.J. Walker invent like make conditioner, but um, yeah, a lot of black females invent a lot of hair care stuff. And yeah. listen, I know all you black men be using some of the products too. It's okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's it's just dope to see that like our people just made this stuff and now we're like it's all over the place. And John, another inventor was John Parker, and he he made the tobacco press. Hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, I never heard that one. Oh, man, and he he ended up he ended up inventing the pulverizer. That's cool. You don't know what that one is. Yeah. 
You don't know that one either. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, I've never heard of those two. All right. So a pulverizer is is a grinder. All right. And so when mm-hmm. you do that, it, it grinds up. And so you the pulverizer right now is, I mean, you can grind up coal. And uh, oh yeah. And you you also use that in steam. I think you use that in steam power plants. Right. And so they use the pulverizer now today, but you also use the tobacco, the tobacco press to process tobacco, of course. But yeah, right. Um, there you go. That's cool. Yeah. So some nuclear power power plants that we would know, right. or electric power plants that we know mm-hmm. about. Can't change. Hey man, you learn something new every day. Exactly. Um, There's another one I, I saw on Instagram like a while ago. It says uh, Mary Beatrice Davidson Keener uh, was a self-taught inventor, and she actually created the sanitary belt or the, um, you know, like the pads that females use. Yeah. So like, she actually invented like the menstrual pads. And I believe it said the the it came from the invention from Ben Franklin, where he had pads that would help wound um, soldiers with their wounds or something like that. Okay. So. She actually helped to make the sanitary pad. I believe she had five. Yeah, she filled five patents in her lifetime. Okay. So that's, I yeah. I know. How could I forget about this guy? Um, This guy died. This guy died last year around the same. Wait, hold up. Oh, I'm getting this. Am I getting this wrong? Correct me if I'm wrong, but. R.I.P. But John Witherspoon, right? Didn't he die in Oct- October of last year? I believe it was like, yeah, I think so. I, so another guy named Adam yeah October, Chappelle, like Dave Chappelle. Uh, he ended up. Uh, he he made some type of combination. My mom loves this guy. She because she's a, a chemist, right? Just like and she ended up. Um, Discovered about him after a while being in, in school, of course. But mm-hmm. he ended up making a, a combination of certain chemicals that ended up sprouting and, and it started to emit light or a light. And so, wait, he ended up doing that and he put it in, into a live organism. For real? I think it was a live animal. I think he did that into a live animal. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty. It was pretty crazy, and he he has other things in um, food science and biotech, right. biotechnology, just like that, and even in in medicine too. Mm-hmm. I mean that's his field, so he yeah. contributes to all of that. That's cool. That's different. Yeah, mm-hmm. is I mean, it's, I mean, it's pretty. I well, I had to bring it up because my mom's a scientist, right. so, you know. Like, you know, well, I mean, she was a scientist, mm-hmm. so she did study that. And so, um, oh, speaking of um, oil and steam engines, uh, another man named, gosh, let me look this up. <laughs> let me not, let me not be wrong. Right. Let yeah. me not be wrong. Because I know I'm putting, I know I'm putting out names out there, and I, I'm my my brain is not working today. This trigonometry has been getting to me. Trigonometry. Um, 
So there was an Afri- I think it was an African American that that did the first model of the steam engine as a warship. Benjamin Bradley. All right. Benjamin Bradley, born in Maryland. Yep. Born in Maryland around 1830. Annapolis. Yep, this seems right. Mer- Maryland yep. stand up. Maryland stand up. So he's Mer- of course engineer and he uh he ended up di- he did a uh the first model of a steam engine as like as like a warship. Right. And so he I think he did that um uh, right after no, I was gonna say right after the the war with England when England came here. What war was that again? What well, revolutionary? You said with England when we was fighting England. Yeah, but after what was that? The the um, what did they call it? Uh-huh. War War eighteen twelve. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He ended up. I think. No, I'm not even gonna put in facts like that. That's my dog. She, yo, she's eating freaking paper on the ground. <laughs> yeah, them dogs, dogs eat anything. Yo, she, she eats everything. Yo, like you put, you put your finger out towards her. She wants to lick your <laughs> She thinks your finger is tasty. Mm-mm. Yeah, like come on out. But definitely, and we already know about. Um, going back to it. We're going, we already know about George Washington Carver right. and Madam C.J. Walker, like you, and um, another another important contributor to, to business in which we we know about this name, but we don't really do- dive deep into him because, I mean, when we have Black History Month, we, are, we always focus on like four or five people. Right. We don't even focus on Malcolm X. We, we focus on George Washington Carver, Mal, uh, not Malcolm X, uh, Dr. King, right. uh, Rosa Harriet Parks, Tubman, Harriet Tubman, and Frederick Douglass. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. So that's like that's like a four and a half right there. But um, going back to the person that I want to bring up is uh, Booker, Booker T. Washington, right. who we should know about more about, and so. Actually, Booker T. Washington, instead of he, I know he was an important contributor to the NAACP, but also he was also uh, important, well, founder, I believe, co-founder with the the National Negro Business Association, in which they, a lot of businesses, like how we know about like, um, oh my gosh, like union groups. Right. That was a, a, like a union group for black American and black business owners at the time in America where, like I said, a lot of black businesses were were doing really good and it was a protection. Right. And he was an important contributor towards that. So I Mm -hmm. had to put that out there. And he was a very wealthy man. Yeah. For, you know, at that time. Very wealthy for that time. Of course. I had to to put that out there. Um, yeah, unless you got anything else, man, I think we touched on dag on everything. Yeah, honestly, yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of people, and that's off the top of my head. I, that's that's not even like uh, we could talk. We could go into some more people. 
I could look up more. I mean, no, I think that's good. I think that's good. good. All right. I mean, yeah, because you're already over an hour. <laughs> and I mean, that's plus, a lot. Yeah, plus I feel like we already put out a lot of facts that um, we don't really learn about in school or that in there. Right. But, um, right. yeah. Last thing I'm going to do, I'm going to just read this post that says how to celebrate Juneteenth. So it says, one, cancel 4th of July. It says our independence was not earned on 4th of July. Black people are still raped and murdered as slaves for another 89 years after Independence Day. Uh, Step number two, turn up all Juneteenth weekends. Um, You know, just gather around with some family because, you know, this whole... I think uh, the crowd's starting to get bigger with COVID. So, I mean, if you if you guys can get with your family, if not, like, do a Zoom call, you know. I I don't recommend well, it. Oh, yeah, I still Please don't recommend do it. Yeah. yeah, let me stop. <laughs> Please. Please. I'm not trying Please. to get the white COVID. But um... let's, let's be honest here. Before you even move on, let's be honest here, all right? My mom is a chemist, and she knows about this. And she studied me- uh, diseases. For many, many years, and I've looked into it even. Right. And so, what we know of COVID, we know that the symptoms, they say, quote unquote, the symptoms don't show up after like two weeks or something like that. Right. It, that's, that's not exactly true. The COVID is still in your system and it shows up, but it doesn't show up like you're dying. You, you're, it, it's not like COVID is in your system and then it doesn't out of nowhere you just die like when you wake up you just feel like you're dying right that doesn't happen you your body starts breaking down and it's just like the flu as the days go by the flu gets worse and worse and worse right. and then it comes to a per- point where you need to go to the hospital mm-hmm. and, and nobody should be going outside even now if it's june because these scientists and these doctors are like or like the the influencers are are saying yeah the flu is going down and the COVID is going down. Yeah, that's true because heat heat kills bacteria, but right. it's not like it's completely killing that bacteria. Yeah. You can get the you can get the flu in the summer. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that. Oh, yeah. And even even if it was recently, they said Florida had like two thousand new cases in like two weeks. Oh yeah. That uh, like like this stuff is not going away. Florida, is yeah, hot. and autumn also autumn te- Texas football players and then call them, I, they said some people on the Texans and the Cowboys caught have COVID. I think they said Zeke got, was one of them. And then and um, those places are hot, right? And then even the uh, like Texas said, football team, the uh, Texas Longhorns. So yeah, just yeah, like it, it just still it still shows up. Like it, it doesn't completely kill it. And when they tell you about the mask and the mask will help, I'm sorry, but the mask doesn't help. Right. Even the thickest mask that you can find will still not prevent from an actual bacteria to go through it and maneuver its way. Yes, it'll come, catch a lot, but that you can still do the you can still do the findings of where the bacteria or whatever that. Um, that germ or whatever touches onto your body because regardless, it's still going to touch onto your body. It still is able to do that. Right. And so if you're walking around right now with no mask or no gloves or whatever, like you're not covering up your entire body, then I mean, sorry to say, but like 
you probably just got it just like me. Well, I mean, I'm not saying I got it. I don't know if I have it, but I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's, like like let's be realistic. It's airborne. Oh yeah. People are catching it every day. I think day. it's mainly air it's mainly airborne, like among different people. Like if you're with a group of people, it's gonna be a better chance of being airborne. Yeah, and they they found out that this these people that didn't even go outside the house, they ended up getting it. Yeah. But it's you know, like it it's how it's just how your your body is receptive to right. it at the end of the day. But I mean you don't you don't want too much of it. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's like it's not like like I said, it's like you have it and then out of nowhere, as soon as you get it, you just start dying like right. immediately. You just start feeling like you're dying and you go straight to the house. No, you have it in your system for for a short while. Then it comes then it comes up as you start getting sicker and sicker. Right. And so like I said, you should nobody should be going outside right now. Everybody should be right. still taking a bath every oh, day. Yeah. Well, you should be doing that anyway. <laughs> yeah, but I mean like there's, there's some dirty people yeah, out here, bro. Yeah. We ain't we know that we go to Mount St. Joseph High School. I'm sorry. Some of these some of these white kids they come in there, they they stink in the morning. No workout. Like, why Why do you That's think nasty. you just didn't take a bath? Just didn't take a bath. We already know, bro, like, there's, it's just certain people like that, and they they wipe their noses with their oh, hands, yeah, and they don't wash their hands But they sneeze like, a cough in their hand, like, no, just, mm-mm. Yeah, like, bro, isn't, bro, I'm, let's be honest, you're not even supposed to be just washing your hands. You're supposed to be washing your whole entire forearm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, Bro, like, people need to realize, like, this stuff is actually way more serious than what it oh, actually yeah. is. Like, the media, like, they say certain things. Oh, yeah, get toilet paper. Wow. I don't even think they said, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I saw this video. This guy was like, why is everybody getting toilet paper? Is one of the symptoms bubble guts? Like, yeah, like, did they, like, bro, like, hand, the get hand sanitizer, they get the Lysol. Like, bro, at least those two make more I, sense than some toilet paper, like. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like it's not. I mean, putting hand sanitizer in your body all the time is not. Oh no, wash no washing your hands should always be the number one. It should be the number one. Like you need good germs on your. It's not like that point one of germs that that is kept like that it leaves by the, itself right there. Right. It's just a good one. Right. They make so many memes about that though. <laughs> For real. But um, yeah, just scratch that. Just stay inside. Stay with the family that you currently live with. But, just um, please, yeah, please. If you want to take a bath right, every day, yeah. so hot water, and um, but yeah, so, turn up the whole weekend and just do a Zoom call like we like we've been doing. Uh, then the third thing it says to shop black owned Juneteenth sales and don't shop Fourth of July sales. And it says, don't let the money entice you. Um, fifth, it says, oh, yeah. Fifth, it says, uh, or internalize this energy forever. Don't just let it, right? Don't just let it be a week. Like, just keep this energy forever, you know? And the next time we come around Juneteenth 2021, like, we turn up again. Like, keep celebrating, keep educating the kids and um community. And then I'm going to throw in this last step. Listen to the, listen to us. Listen to this podcast on Juneteenth. It's a Juneteenth special. Like I'm just saying, 
gotta promote yourself sometimes. Right. For sure. Right. But um yeah. yeah, you got any last words? Oh yeah. You said take a hot shower. Oh yeah. People, people. Take a cold shower. Try it out. It actually it actually builds your immune system, gets your blood flowing, yeah. and a lot of hormones inject into your body. And it actually has pretty good effects right. when you take a cold shower. Like, switch it up. Switch so, it up. Because I know they, uh, hot in the cold shower do different stuff. Yeah, they do. They have different benefits, yeah. but, but didn't have, like, too too cold or too right. hot of a shower anyway. And drink drink some water. Drink more water, of course. Try and drink warm liquids to try and kill bacteria or any chance of it. Exactly. I, I was going <laughs> to say, like, how... Out of warm water, yeah. Um, have this. You can mix up lime water, pretty good for your system. Uh, lemons or oranges or um, you know, like I think fruits. I think fruits in general are pretty good for you. Yeah, I think like the the big fruits are, are pretty good anti. Yeah, pretty good antioxidants and builds up your immune system. Um, you can eat actually a good one that everybody should be doing is actually eating ginger. Suck on like just you don't have to eat it, consume it, like digest, like swallow it down to your throat, pause. What, bro? What are you talking about, man? But <laughs> you, you can just, <laughs> yeah, I gotta do some editing right there. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> oh my god, hold up! All right, so you take it down and you, you swallow it. And you don't have to do that. You just sit there when you peel off the, the edges of the, the ginger root and you cut it up and it you're gonna put it in your mouth and you just suck on it. It's gonna sting and it's gonna like more like a spice and you might the first time you do it, you might actually go to the bathroom pretty quick. Right. Won't lie, but it's actually good for you. Like if you, if something like that does that to your body, like and it's a it's a fruit like that, it's actually getting rid of the bad stuff. All the the other toxins that's inside of your body, right? And it's better, and it's better than using eating fruit or like citrus fruits that you know mm-hmm. that help you build your immune system. You know, they act, ginger actually gets rid of the stuff that's inside. Your right. System. Drink that. Get that. Drink lemon water. Eat some yeah. oranges, mandarins, whatever. Right. And that's me. That's it. Also. I just want to throw this out My mother has this little thing. So what you do, you get a pot, get a pot of water and boil it. Put some what cinnamon, oranges or some citrus, orange, lemon or citrus. Yes. Put put that in there and then put some ginger. Let that boil and then you um inhale it. Try um, you know, like try and help with the in case you have any some or like just try and help kill it off. But yeah. um, yeah, that's it. So, hope everybody has a happy and safe COVID-free Juneteenth. Again, listen to this podcast on Juneteenth. It's here to educate. But, um, I say I'm Kyle Alexander. And I'm Jalen Caravaggio. And, um, that's going to do it. So, we're going to log off. Let's talk to you guys next time. Peace.